Praise the Lord, everyone. It's great to be in the house of God. Praise the living God. He's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift you up, God. You, Lord, are worthy. Thank you, God, for what you have done, Lord. Thank you for bringing us out of darkness into your marvelous life. You are the mighty God, the deliverer, Lord. I redeemer God, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in the house of prayer today. I'm so glad that you are here today in the house of prayer. Amen. Excited to be here. And uh, we have some people we need to pray for. There are some sick. We have some that are real sick. The Smiths, Aaron and Emily are both sick. Thank God little Aaron has not got it yet, so he's not really sick. So thank the Lord for that. Then we have others, if you've noticed, they're, they're out because either co-workers or somebody has it. So they're quarantined and they're stuck in their houses and they can't come out either. So we've got several people, if you look around, they're not here today, the groups of them, because unfortunately they just happen to be working with somebody who has it. So unfortunately I can't be here, but hopefully they're tuning in today online and we welcome you too. But anyway, so that's it. And we have so many guests here today, I, I, I would start to start naming them, but I'm going to miss somebody and then they'll be offended. So here's what I'm going to say. Welcome. Amen. Welcome. Okay. I don't want to miss anybody today. And I mean, I got so many. And if I start and I miss somebody, they're going to say, well, you don't think I'm very important. <laughs> and I'll bring issues into your life. And I don't want to bring issues into your life. But I can say it is great to have all of our guests. I, I enjoy being in the house of God with you folks. Now, I wish we could be here every you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. And as most of you know, for most of the time at the Palace of Praise, somebody's at this church normally almost every night. We have a Tuesday night with a prayer thing, Wednesday night church, Thursday night with Bible quizzing, Friday night youth, Saturday night prayer, Sunday. I mean, we're here every day. So this has been really hard for most of us to be away and just be here for one service. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm juiced up in Jesus today because I get to be in service. And I'm thankful I'm here. And some other folks, and I have a church today. I had an individual who came by here, pulled in the parking lot. I was out here still in the parking lot. And they came in, pulled in the parking lot and said, does your church have church? And I don't see them this morning. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, my church won't have church. And I said, well, we probably shouldn't be having church, but we need to have church. And so they said, well, I'll come to your church then. So maybe they'll show up here, you know. Who knows what the Lord is doing in all of this stuff. How many of you have seen miracles since this pandemic has started? How many God has done something special for you? Okay, here, let, let, me just, let me just give you some information here. Are you breathing today? Have, have you died from the virus? Okay, you got something to thank God for. Okay, you got nothing else, you got to thank God for that. All right? I'm going to tell you, God's been good to every one of us. Better than we deserve. And some of you think I'm a nut, and most of the time, I know some of the guests are looking and saying, you know, there's one nutty person down there. But the thing about it is, I told everybody not to come down and be nutty. I, I don't want to be up here doing that, so everybody sees me, so I go over there and do that. But normally, there will be a whole lots of people down here dancing and being crazy. But unfortunately, they're having to do social distancing right now. But here's one thing I like about social distancing. God doesn't do social distancing. So, I mean, like, if you go like this, you just touch God. If you like, go like this, you just touch God. He doesn't social distance. So today in this service where we're keeping you six feet apart, I'm not going to keep God six feet from you. 
and God's not going to stay six feet from you. He's right there where you are right now in the house of God. We have Sister Liz. Her family's not here locally, but her brother, her mom is very sick. She's 88 years old. She's got the virus. She's very sick. Is she here today, Sister Liz? I don't see her today. And so her family's been hit really hard with her. Her brother, different family members in Idaho, so they've been hit hard with that. And again, her mother at 88 is not doing real well with it, which is understandable. Uh, some family members got diabetes and other stuff, which is really a high risk for them. So we need to be praying for them again for the Smiths and other people that are not here today. You can look around. I'm not going to start naming. Again, I'll miss somebody that's not here. Would you join me and let's pray and ask God to touch and heal these folks today and give them strength. God, again, I thank you, Lord, to be in the house of prayer. Thankful, God, that I have, oh, Lord, the opportunity to call upon the King of glory. Thankful, Lord, that you have touched our minds, our hearts, and our lives every day, God. And, Lord, I pray today that, Lord, you would touch those that are battling physically in their body. These, oh, Lord, that are sick, you know each and every one of them family members, God, that are battling, Lord, with this virus, God. In the name of Jesus, I claim healing, oh, God, today, that you would reach, Lord, into their lives, oh, God, and raise them up, Lord, and rebuke, oh, God, this virus by the power and the anointing, Lord, that is in you as the healer, oh, God. We know, Lord, that you are able not only, God, to heal, but to restore, Lord, and give strength, God, unto each and every one of them, Lord, by the anointing that is in you. And, God, today in this house, those that may be battling physically in their body, those, Lord, whose heads may be hanging down, down mentally today. Those that are battling, oh Lord, with thoughts in their mind and battling with relationships, Lord. Today, God is the healer. Touch everyone in this house, Lord. Minister to the mind, to the heart, to the spirit, Lord. And help me, God, in handling the word of the Lord today that your will be done in every life that we leave this house strengthened, built up, oh Lord, in you, directed, oh Lord, by the Holy Ghost, pointed by the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Work your will, Lord, today and would give you all the glory and the honor. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this house. Hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Come on, I want every eye in the house right now, I want you to close your eyes. If you have a need in your body right now or you're battling with thoughts right now and you've been battling with depression, I'm going to ask you right now to just lift your hand before God as acknowledging, God, I recognize I'm in a struggle. I want you to lift your hand right now and I'm going to pray that God give you strength. God give you deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, by the authority of the word of God, by the power and the anointing, Lord, upon your people, right now, God, touch these folks, Lord, that are battling God in their spirit, that are battling physically in their body, that are struggling, Lord, with thoughts, God, and oppression and even suicidal thoughts. I bind them in the name of Jesus. I loose the authority of the word of God this morning. Let that healing, God, be upon this people. Flood this house, Lord, with your glory. Touch, oh God, every mind that they would leave this house, Lord, strengthened, Lord, in you. Come on, you begin to worship of God. Begin to praise God. Begin to receive the release from the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, church. Can we praise God for just a moment? Can we worship God for just a moment? Hallelujah. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, 
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel God this morning in the house. I feel good. Acts chapter 3. We're going to go to Acts chapter 3. I know lots of you, I preach from Acts chapter 2, 38, we need to, where it said, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's a powerful message, because that's the way to God. It's through repentance, being baptized, or buried in the name of Jesus, and receiving the Holy Ghost. Greatest gift you're ever going to get. But after that message, the book of Acts didn't end with Acts chapter 2. It didn't end with the message. Then it, then it had the mission. Because then they went forth from that upper room or from that place and they went forward. And so the first, one of the first incidents you're going to find is in Acts chapter 3. And I want us to begin with verse number 1. I'm going to read a few of these uh, verses here while you're standing. I will try not to keep you very long today. I am always try to be mindful. But folks, we get one in-house service. So I'm sorry if we take a little bit longer than normal, but I mean, this, it's important for us. I mean, if you feel like you got to leave, you can leave, but I don't think you want to leave today because I think God might just have something for you today. Verse 1 of Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple. Everybody say, into the temple. At the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, those that were entering into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, and Peter fastened his eyes upon him. When John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them because he was expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, disappointment for you. <laughs> Silver and gold have I none. How many can relate to that statement today? Okay. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, what I just got from that experience in Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 2 in that upper room, such as I have, I'm going to give you that. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you need to rise up and change what you've been doing for years not walked. Now he wants him to walk. It's important. I want you to get your mind around this. Now look. And he took him by the right hand. Right hand of God is always talks about the authority of God. It's the power of God. Takes him by the right hand and lifted everybody say lifted him. <laughs> lifted him up. The church with the message always helps to lift people. That's what our mission is. This morning in prayer, I, when we were just praying, I felt like the Holy Ghost was talking. That's the reason why I took a moment and prayed, because I think God wants to lift some people up and help some people today. Lifted him up, and immediately his feet, I wish I could talk about every one of these points, but I can't today. His feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them 
Everybody say, into the temple. Now he's walking, and he's leaping, and he just happens to also being... Now then all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he that was just sitting at the gate out there, wanting alms at the gate, beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at, what, at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held or was looking at Peter and John and probably even physically holding them, all the people ran together unto them in the, in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered and said unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Because this really should be what happens. This, where are they? In. And he says, why are you marveling? Are we not in the house of God? And shouldn't this be happening in the house of God? So why are you guys marveling that you see this thing? This is what should, can I hear somebody say amen? We need to have, can I say, we need to have expectation. Or why are you looking so earnestly on us? You guests that are here today, don't look at us. Because we're not the ones. We better be looking at God. As though we by our own power of holiness have made this man to walk. I'm going to refer back to the story and read some more, but I'm going to stop right there. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Again, I want to say before I go any further, and I see guests that are here that used to be members of the Palace of Praise years ago and, and seeing the grandkids and everything. And, but again, if I start naming you guys, I'm going to miss somebody. So I'm not going to, it's great to have other people here today from a long ways away and in a state that has nutty people in it just like they do in Oregon, but we won't go there because I'm not going to be political today. But this event happened that we just read in Acts chapter 3 at the entrance of the temple, just outside of the temple. And for just a moment, I want to actually focus on the location instead of the actual event that has happened. Because the, te the temple was the center of the Jews' life. They had to come to Jerusalem. They had to go to the temple on a regular basis. So the temple held a very high place in the hearts of the Jews. It was a center part of them and a part of that city in those days. This is something I think is so interesting. I find 18 different scriptures in the Gospels that mentions that Jesus, whether either in the temple, he went to the temple, or he was doing something in the temple. 18 different verses mention this. We find that in the scripture. But if you look in uh, Luke chapter 19 and verse 47, there's two verses I want to try to draw your attention to because they make a very interesting statement. And you're saying, what does this have to do with Acts 3? I'm going to show you in just a minute, minute what it has to totally do with Acts chapter 3 and really what the mission of the church is and what somebody in this house needs to hear because maybe you're thinking different about God. But Luke chapter 19 and verse number 47, we find the Word of God says this, and Jesus was, He, he says in 1940, and He taught daily in the... Now three chapters later, if you go three chapters later and you go to Luke 22 and 52 to start with, and then we'll go to verse number 53, there's these two locations that are talking about Jesus. But did you notice what the Word is in that verse right there, verse 47? And He taught... 
He taught daily in the temple. Now then, three chapters later, Luke 22, 52, if you put us on the screen so people can see this, you're saying, going a little slow here, you need to catch this part because this part is extremely important because it's really the message today. This is what's built upon. Luke 22 and 52, if you could get that. This says, Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. Now the next verse. Here we go. When I was with where? Two different locations within three chapters. Jesus states, he makes the statement, I was at the temple daily. I was there every day. I came to the house of God. I was there all the time. You say, that has nothing to do. Yes, it has everything to do with my message today. So apparently Jesus, and this is a good message for us, was a daily, daily, <laughs> daily visitor of the house of God. You mean we have to come to church Wednesday night? We have to come to church Sunday morning? We have to go to church Sunday night? No, you get to come to church. And we should be able to come to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. And maybe if we change government someday, we'll come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And no, I'm not going political on anybody, but I'm just saying we might be able to and not even have masks. But anyway, that's another story. But see, there are different gates that we're entering into the temple. But the one that was most traveled, the most popular one, is the gate called Beautiful. That means this Jesus went to church almost every day. And most of the time, you know where he entered into the temple? He went through the gate called beautiful. And he did it, what? Almost every day. Everybody say daily. Now, you have to get now this portion of Scripture that I read, because Acts chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple of the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at at the gate, beautiful, and it was the gate of the temple. Hmm. Who was carried, whom they laid by the gate. This lame man didn't get to the gate by himself. Said he couldn't do it by himself. He couldn't do it by himself. Come on, somebody say he couldn't do it by himself. He was carried by others to that gate. And so these well-intentioned individuals were assisting this man because he couldn't help Himself, Or let me put it another way. These individuals may have been helping, but they really were enabling this man to maintain his issue. Why, you might ask. I believe it was because they had, ready, no other solution for his disability or his issue. So the only way that these people could help him was to continue to enable him. Now I want to pause and just insert here. The apostolic movement, we have less resources. There's two churches in the world, true church and the false church. Go to the book of Revelation, you're going to find out God clearly states there's a true church and there's false church. Always has been, always will be true in a false church. Unfortunately, the false church has more resources than the true church. They have more money, have larger buildings, have more stuff. The apostolic movement, and I'm going to deal with this in the morning, we every year are setting record offerings, so God is blessing us. But reality is, the true church has less resources. But the problem is, the problem is with the false church, 
is they are trying to use their resources to help people get close to church. They put him at the gate of the temple. Get close to church because they have no other solution for their issues. They provide houses to help them get off of drugs or help them to maintain drugs or maintain alcohol or maintain the addictions they are. And they use all of these resources to help them when in reality they at a point are re-enabling them. Am I minimizing that? No. But why are they doing that? Because they don't have, as the friends of the man who took him, they don't have any other solution to help this man except to get him to the gate somehow. So what did they do? They carried him. They carried him every day and put him. Their goal and their objective was different in carrying the man. They didn't help. Now listen, two stories are in the Bible. I want you to get this. Here's a story of another man. A man who's being carried on a cot by four guys. A man sick with palsy. The four guys, they get to the door. They didn't come to that house to bring him to the house, to lay him on the outside to beg or to in, help him get to a place to enable him to be able to beg. They came because they were trying to get him to... So they're carrying him. These four guys are carrying him. Their goal and objective is different than the friends of the one who had been carrying this guy to the gate every day because they were friends and helping him. But these four guys, they have a different objective and a different goal. They get there and they say, I can't get in. Well, we can't get in. I guess it just won't work out. Sorry, buddy. You're just going to have to stay in that condition. Let's go. <laughs> Sorry. No, they go, wait a minute. It's important that we reach our objective because our objective when we left, come on, our mission when we left was to get you to Jesus so that you could get healing. Come on. So they can't get to him because of the, there's too many people blocking, come on, too many people blocking the way. So what do they do? They do exactly what the church would do. They raise the roof. Come on, there should be a church that's raising the wood. Wood roof what? In prayer and praise and worship. Church should be tearing up what? The things that are keeping up people from Jesus. Woo! I'm going to tell you, those four guys get up there. And can you just imagine? All of a sudden you're hearing. Now, they're not built the same as these houses we're built today. So that, you think about all the structure stuff to me. I don't get all of it. Four guys up on a roof. And I'm talking about five guys' burgers. I'm talking about four guys on a roof. And they're up there, and all of a sudden, and all this stuff is falling down out of the ceiling right in the middle. And Jesus, like, what in the world? What's up here? Come on, seriously? And all of a sudden, four heads stick there over there. You Jesus? Yeah, I am. What are you nuts doing up there? And all of a sudden, then they, we got something for you. <laughs> And over he goes, and down right before Jesus. And this is what it says in Mark chapter 2. He looks. Jesus looks. Not looking at the man. The Bible says, and when he saw there. Everybody say there. there. And when he saw there. Yes. Wow. Come on. Yes. When he saw their faith. Yes. Their faith that climbed on top of the house 
when the man in the cot couldn't do it. And their faith that caused them to tear the roof off when that probably wasn't a real smart thing to do because that wasn't their house. <laughs> tear their roof off. It was their faith then because they had a mission when they left their house carrying that guy is we're not taking you somewhere so you continue to be enabled. I'm taking you somewhere that you can be eliminated. All these problems are going to be changed and there's going to be an elimination of your problems. Somebody needs to hear me today. See, there's a contrast, such a, such a strong contrast in these verses of Scripture. But here's the thing. When Jesus saw their face, faith, it doesn't require faith to be an enabler. It does not require faith to be an enabler. But it requires faith and even hard work at times to bring people to a place of deliverance. It doesn't take faith for you to pull a $20 bill out of your back pocket and give it to a junkie so they can go buy more drugs. It doesn't take faith for you to take something of your resource, give it to somebody and just let them use the resources to go do whatever they want to do. But it takes faith for somebody to believe that God can change you from what you are to what he wants you to be. That takes faith, somebody. Not an enabler, but leading somebody. Come on, somebody clap your hands and shout this morning. Hear me, and I'm going to step on toes today with inside the apostolic movement. But their faith wasn't simply enabling this man to continue to exist. But their desire was to help him get to a higher quality of life. And that's what the church is all about. They wanted deliverance for him from his issue. And their faith and their plan and their work and their stuff then brings us to Mark chapter 2 and verse number 12. Because Mark chapter 2 and verse 12 changes. Something's changing there that we don't see at first about the lame man when Jesus was going every day in the temple. And immediately he arose, he took up the bed, and he went forth before all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified, saying, we've never saw this on this fashion before. We've never seen anything like this. See, this man took up his own bed. This man walked under his own power, or he left. Can everybody say a changed man? He's no longer needing the enablers. Woo! He no longer needs the enablers. I don't need you to carry me anymore. Come on. I got power now that I got when I got to Jesus because you helped me to get to him. Now I got power, my own power. I don't need enablers anymore. I can walk on my own. I can do it on my own. I can do something God wants me to do now on my own. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now get this. Before I go back to Acts chapter 3, Matthew of four, uh, 21 and 14 says this. And the blind and the lame came to Jesus in the temple and they healed and he healed them. The blind and the lame, they came to Jesus where? In the temple. 
and he healed him. Did anybody, can anybody say Jesus? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Every day that Jesus is in that temple, there's somebody laying by the gate. This verse of scripture follows the verse where it says, and Jesus got ticked off. That's just my vernacular. He got ticked off. He got mad at those people for turning his place into a house of commerce, and he goes in there and flips the tables and does the whole thing. Now, I want to ask you, do you think anybody that was sitting at the gate didn't hear about that commotion? I think they probably, I think the word got out to the people that was, I don't care if he was lame laying there, he, he heard about that. Do you not think that he also heard that the blind and the lame was healed and delivered? And yet he stayed outside of that gate while inside of the house of God people's issues were being eliminated. Standing by the house of God was people who still lived in there. Still living in and with their issues. Now, you say, well, what, that's, what has that got to do with anything? See, giving a junkie money is just enabling them. But giving a junkie Jesus liberates them. See, we got to understand the mission of the church. And the problem sometimes with us is we don't understand the mission of the church. And we ended up going to the religious world's thinking. And so we are influenced by the thinking of the world and how they are trying to reach the world because they don't have what we have. They have resources, but they don't have what we have. So their approach to what they're dealing with is different than what the approach of the Holy Ghost filled apostolic church is. Look at this verse of scripture. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done in just a minute. Somebody say, thank God. Matthew 15 and 30. Matthew 15 and 30. I heard somebody say it. I caught you off guard. That's for the ones who were sleeping and did not know. Or somebody was actually telling the truth for once. Matthew 15 and 30 says this. And a great multitude came unto him, having with them those that were... And those that were blind and not those... And when he says dumb, it's not like, duh, they're really stupid. No, it means they couldn't talk, okay? Maimed and many others and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he, now the next verse. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see that they began to what? Glorify God of Israel. Because the mission of our Savior was not to enable them or just keep them in, but to deliver them from. His goal was to set people free, not to give them just simple power to remain where they are or enable them where they are. Now, 
you say, well, what in the world has that got to do with anything with your story today? Well, there's a whole lot that's got to do with this story. Now look at what it said in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 says this, And they brought the lame man to the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. And the Bible verse says, and to what? To ask alms, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Entering into the temple, they're by the door. Now then, when he says asking alms, who's he going to ask alms of? People. This man's then, his view or his focus was on humanity to help him, to enable him to continue to exist with his disability and his issue. So when he walked them by, he what? To ask alms or everybody who walked by, he expected a handout or he was wanting something physical called money so that he could just maintain and stay lame. Stay in his present condition and every day just be walked, brought there and laid there because he couldn't walk there. And yet at the same time, almost every day, incarnate inside of humanity was the almighty God of heaven called Jesus Christ who within a few feet every day would walk by that man but he did not see because his eyes was focused on what the humanity of even Jesus Christ as the man was walking by could give him to help him enable him instead of looking at what power Jesus Christ had to change him from him being what he was. See, here's the problem sometimes in the church. We have people that come to the house of God they never really get into the church, but they hang out close to the church. Why are they hanging out near the church? Because they view the church as enablers. The church is enablers. I need help with my rent. I need help with this. I'm going through a difficult situation. I'm not minimizing those things because there's a place for this. But what I'm saying is that guy was there from the day he was born and was there all the time. All the weeks and months that Jesus was walking by a few feet, he stayed in his condition and never changed when he had the healer who walked walk into the house of God and have people that was lame that was in the house of God walk out healed by the power of God, yet he said on the outside because his focus was on something different than realizing there was power or something greater than money or something greater than being enabled is to be delivered. We need to get to a point, and there may be people here today, you're battling with faults in your mind. You've been battling with addiction. You may be battling with pornography. You've been battling with immorality. You've been battling with whatever you've been struggling and battling with. And so you come to church. You don't come to church viewing the church then as a place of deliverance. But you come to the house of God and you look for people because social people and people that will give you a certain word or they will give you a certain way to help you, to enable you not to change but to stay where you are so you can continue to exist with your condition 
and not change from your condition. I'm preaching today and somebody needs to hear what the pastor is telling to this congregation. A guest may be here today and God is talking to you today. You've been living too long in the world of an enabler. Looking as a place of enabling instead of looking for deliverance. You're looking for humanity to give you something. That's the reason why you go from church to church to church and you would get there and all you found was another enabler or somebody would pick you up and carry you to the gate of the temple or get you close to the temple, a place that you could feel God walking by or you can feel God in the service when they're singing. You can hear a word of God. Come on now. But never change it because you get up and somebody carries you out again because you don't have anything of your own and you go out again and all you've got has been able because you feel a little better and things seem to be doing a little better and I can think a little better but you go back out carrying your same issues again of depression and oppression and still I go back, I find myself again I sit down at the computer and the next thing I find I'm going back to the sites I don't need to go to and all of a sudden I'm hooking up with people I don't need to be hooking up and all of a sudden I'm texting things I shouldn't be texting and I'm hooking up relationships and sleeping with this and that and why because and my mind's going back to this why because all you've been doing for church and all God was was just an enabler to give you strength so you can continue to do what you've always done but God did not come to be an enabler the mission of the church is not to be an enabler. This church is not here to enable people to stay where they are. But the church came to bring a message of deliverance to people who need to be delivered. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Woo. That's the reason why you have people that will sit on the pews for years and years and they never get a relationship with God and they backslide and walk out the doors. And I have watched people, and there's somebody in this house right now that is sitting here right now, I personally know, came here with major issues with depression and their thoughts and drugs they were taking to try to control their thoughts. And they came to the house of God. And I watched them begin to pray and weep. And all of a sudden, God wasn't there just to give them strength to continue to go, somehow to have enough strength to go through what they were going through. But they came to an altar and found a God who gave them deliverance from what they were going through. And then they walk in a different life. They lift their hands. They do things they never done before because God didn't enable them. God delivered them. God set them free. God gave them freedom from their problems. Woo, hallelujah. That's the mission of the church. That's the reason why in Acts chapter 2, we've got the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the upper room. And the very next chapter, a man that when Jesus was alive and Jesus had opportunity over and over again to heal him, but he never healed him because the man never saw where his deliverance was. And he was apparently content to be in his place there. Instead of being in, he stays there, close to, because close to the house of God was the place where he could get the most to help him be enabled. But then something happens to two men called Peter and John. Something happens to them on the day of Pentecost. And all of a sudden, 
the Bible says in the first few verses of Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and set up on each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them power. And the man, Peter, who just, just a few days before stood by a fire because he didn't have that power. And somebody said, you're one of them. He says, no, I am not. Yes, you're one of them. I am not. Your, your speech gives you away because you're a Galilean and you stay with him. And the Bible says he began to curse. And here's this same Peter that now a few days later in the upper room is getting this power from God who is not God giving him power to enable him to keep being what he's always been, but giving him power to change who he was, his character, everything about him instead of being an intimidated guy that's going to back up and not do anything to now a guy who stands up in verse 14 of chapter 2 stands up with Peter and the rest of the apostles and preaches a message and now God sends him on a mission because he's got the Holy Ghost because the church never intended the church just to say in the temple or in an upper room he sends them on a mission so they're on their mission they're going and doing what they're doing I'm going to church because people who got the Holy Ghost they want to go to church I just thought I'd throw that in there so here he goes they're going into the house of God Peter and John and all of a sudden the same man that Jesus had walked by over and over and over again every day all of a sudden he's there and this man now is looking at an apostolic Holy Ghost field guy and he looks at him, and this is so interesting what the Word of God says. And he looks at him, and he said, and, and, and Peter said, look on us. And the guy, the Bible says, and the guy looked on them. And what does it say? Expecting to receive something from him. I'm looking for another enabler. I'm looking for a guy who's going to enable me again. It's exactly expecting to receive from them or enable me to just keep laying here. But Peter has the Holy Ghost. Peter's on a different mission. Peter is not a message of enablers. Peter is a message of deliverance and healing. And Peter looks on him and said, I have nothing. Silver and gold have I none. I have nothing to give you to help you to continue or I have nothing to give you to enable you to stay there in your present condition. But such as I have, or you know what God did for me that back up the road just a few days ago when I would cussing because I would, I would deny God and I couldn't do anything, but such as I, he helped me. And why did Peter have nothing? Because he gave up his boats and his fish to follow Jesus and be on his mission. He don't have the silver to go. Or he doesn't have the churches. Church, hear me. It's not about how much money we have, resources we have. We can't meet every need in the Aloha Beaverton area with our money because we don't have it. We as a church do not have the resources to give to everybody who needs so that they can continue to be enabled. But such... But such, come on, somebody got the Holy Ghost. Has God delivered you from drugs? Has God delivered you from alcohol? Has God delivered you from immorality? Has God delivered you from all kinds of junk? Has God delivered you? Then such as I have, give I thee. You're not, I'm not going to enable you. 
I'm going to deliver you through the healing power of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. my Lord and my God. Stand to your feet. I'm about to be done. Now look at what the Bible said. Silver and gold have none. I can't help you. I can't enable you. I have people come to this church all the time and say, can you help me with my bills? Buddy, this is what I finally come to. I said, listen, I got people in my church who need help. I'm going to help them because I have limited funds. I got to help some of these folks. And sometimes I'll give them a little money or whatever. But I said, you know what I'll do? I'll pray for you. And most of the time, they'll look at me and say, oh, no, that's all right. Come out hearing me? Because they just want me to be an enabler for them to keep doing what they're doing. They don't want me to pray for deliverance. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And he takes him by the right hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, change from what? Change from what you've been ever since you came out of your mother's womb. I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Change what you have been from your mother's womb. He took him by the hands, hand and he lifted him up. And the Bible says this. You read it. And then what did he start doing? His ankles and his feet, they begin to receive strength. Ooh, something is changing. Something is changing. Something is changing. Now I'm no longer going to be here all the time, but God now is not only changing me physically, but now he's changing my location. I don't need enablers anymore because now God gave me the strength to carry my own. Come on. God gave me strength to carry my own. This right here, I can carry my own now. And what does it go? Go to the next verse of Scripture. And the Bible says this. Look at it. And he leaping up stood and began to walk. And now he, come on, look at this. He changes from being at the gate or by the temple to now saying, I'm walking and I'm entering with them into the temple. God brought him from close. Oh, God brought him from close to the church to inside of the church. Woo! And the Bible said he began to leap. He began to praise God. I'm telling you, I've got a reason to leap. I've got a reason to praise. God brought me from the outside and brought me to the inside. Woo! Somebody needs to let God know you're thankful for deliverance. What has God delivered you from? What has God set you free from? The deliverer is in the house right now. Woo! I want you to close your eyes right now. Oh, my Lord and my God. I just feel in the Holy Ghost while I was praying for this service that somebody was going to be in this house that's been battling lots of stuff in your own mind and you've made lots of mistakes and you've screwed up a whole lot but God knows at night you've been laying your head down at night on your pillow and you've been thinking about God and God has been dealing with you and even when you've been doing the things you should not be doing when you're done something keeps knocking on your door 
You know what that is? That's the love of God who says, you may be messing up. You may have an issue. And you may be lame in your spirit. Or you may be blind spiritually. But I'm a God who's not going to enable you and let you stay where you are. But I'm a God who has the power to bring you from where you are and give you deliverance into what I want you to be. Right now, if you need deliverance from stuff, you can put your hands in the air because God's not doing social distancing. And the power of God Woo! can give you deliverance. If we keep social distance at the altar, if you would like to come as, as sin, you want us to pray. I won't put my hand on you, but if you want to come to these altars and put your hands into the air, I'd ask you to come. Put your hands into the air if you've been battling with some things. You got, you're saying we can't do that. I'm going to tell you what. Deliverance is greater than a virus. Deliverance is greater than the things we can battle physically. We need God to give us deliverance. Woo! Woo! Come on. You need something for God. Get your hands in the air. If you need something from God, ask God to give you. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. I need somebody to intercede. Come on, church. I need somebody to pray the prayer of faith. I need somebody to tear the roof off. I need somebody to let somebody down by faith and get them close to Jesus. Woo! I believe you 
house changed and you're battling because you've been where you are for a long time I'm just going to open up and just put myself maybe into a little vulnerability but I've been in the same place some of you have not seeing but it's like you're going into a black hole sometimes. And you're looking for a door or an exit out, and you just can't get out. The farther you get in, the darker it gets, and the harder it is. And you get to a point that you feel like you're almost hopeless there. And you think to yourself, I'll just always be what I've always been, and I'll just be here. So I'm just going to keep going to church. They'll give me enough strength just to enable me to keep being what I am. <sighs> Happened to me until I walked into that first sanctuary years ago. And I walked to the front of that church and put my hands in the air. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost and He broke and changed from just being an enabler or creator or some God that I knew until 
my friend, my help, my strength, everything I needed every day. It changed. Brother Green, I want you on the platform. Brother Angela, I know you're playing piano, so just stay right there and you can pray from right there. Devin, I want you here. I want Damien here. I want us on this platform. And Brother Angela, come and get in here too. I want us to form a line up here. I believe there's power in unity. I don't think we need to leave this place. Come on. Part of our ministerial staff, Brother Green, come up here. Brother Angelo, would you come up here? I believe we're going to leave this house because such as they have and such is what God has done, they're going to give to you in the prayer. These are part of our ministerial staff at this church. And so God's put a call and anointing them on. So when they're going to pray, they're praying in the anointing that God's put in them. I felt this in the Holy Ghost when I was standing right here and God told me to do I never had this in my mind to do for this. Now, everybody in this house, now some of you are thinking, oh, you're hunting hmm, on a rock and this is all a bunch of, no, no, it's not. This is spiritual things and we're in spiritual battles and spiritual battles are won, won, won by us taking authority over things, binding together and giving somebody deliverance in this house that's been bound. And I'm going to tell you exactly what the Lord gave me. It's pornography for somebody in this house. You've been battling with pornography, and all the time you try to get away from it, and you turn around and you go right back to it. And nobody else knows, but you're battling with this stuff, and God's saying, it's messing up your thoughts, it's messing up everything that's in your life. And God spoke to me, if I've ever felt God talk to me right here and said, God wants to give you deliverance right here today, and break that thing from your mind so you can be what God wants you to be. I have no clue who that is in this house. I don't have a clue. But I'm telling you what I felt in the Holy Ghost. Yet I believe there's others who have things that God needs to help you with this morning. We are all weak and we all need God. Can I hear an amen? I want everybody in this house. Men, I'm going to have you spread out. And when I tell us to do it, we're going to yell in the name of Jesus. And I want us to just shout hallelujah. And over these people, I want everybody in this house, your eyes closed. What I want you to do right now, hear me. I want you to hear my instructions. I want you right now, I want you in your mind if you don't want to verbally do it. I don't want you yelling it out for sure. Whatever this thing is that you need God to give you strength to deliver you from right now, even in your mind, I want you to literally name it or name them right now. When I tell you, I want you to name it. I want you to, ver God wants you to recognize what you need from him. Not just say, okay, I'll just take a blessing. No, God wants you to recognize you have this issue you're battling with, and God wants you. That's what repentance is. God, forgive me for this. God, help me with this. And not just saying, oh, God, just forgive me for everything. God is going to give you deliverance for what you're going to be bold enough in to name to him today. I believe it in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to everybody in the house... Saints of God, I want you to pray like you've never prayed. When we shout hallelujah, I want everybody in the house to shout hallelujah too. God, and then I want you, everybody, then I want your hands up in the air, and I want you to receive from God what God has promised to give you by giving me the word to give to you today when you came into this house. I want every eye closed because it's not about us looking around or see what anybody else is doing. Now, right now, I want everybody in this house I want you to name if you have things that you need to live, healing in your body, things you're battling with. Right now, I want you to name it or at least think it in your mind. God, I need help with this thing. 
God, I need a break with this, God. I don't want the church just to help me get through this again today, and I'm going to have it tomorrow. I want to raise from this place running, leaping, and praising you in freedom and in liberty for what you are about to do in my life. Name that thing right now. Have you named what it is? Now, men, I want you right now, let's all join together. I want you to yell in the name of Jesus and shout hallelujah. And I want everybody in this house to throw your hands up and to receive and begin to worship God. With everybody. everybody understand what I'm saying? Right now on the count of three, men, I want you to yell in the name of Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Give us deliverance, God. God, break every chain. God, break every fetter. exalted and lifted up on high. Come on, receive your deliverance. Come on, receive your deliverance. Come on, you're about to be used mightily by God. God is about to use you to reach other souls. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I feel a break. Come on, I feel something happening. Come on, somebody's getting something in God right now. Come on, God's about to give you deliverance. Come on, God's breaking the spirit of pornography. Come on, God's breaking that spirit of perversion in your spirit. Come on, God's giving you deliverance. You're going to see God differently. Come on. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Woo! Oh, God. Come on, now let's thank God for deliverance. I want you to lift your hands and begin to thank God. Lord, I thank you for what we have felt today. I thank you, God, for every chain that has been broken. I'm thankful, God, for every ounce of deliverance given here today. I'm thankful, God, for every bit of the strength you've given, God, to every soul in the house today. From our children, God, to our adults today. Every guest, Lord, that you have given direction and, oh, Lord, strength unto today. To you, God, be all glory.
glory and honor and praise. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, God. I worship you, God. I give you all praise, God. I lift you up on high, God, that your, oh, your train can feel, oh, God, the temple. Your glory, God, can feel every mind and heart that we, God, can be transformed by the power and the renewing, God, in our minds by your spirit. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! 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 Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Jesus! Deliverer! Jesus, strength, oh God. Woo, my righteousness, God, is in you, not in myself, God. Woo, my strength cometh, oh God, from you which made heaven and earth and all that dwells therein. Oh, God, you're the light that shines, God, in the darkness. You, oh God, are the comforter, Lord, in the midnight hour, God. Woo, you're the Prince of Peace, Lord Jesus, to my mind and to my spirit. You're the joy, oh God, that overflows in giving me strength. You are everything, God, that I need today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my Woo, church, it's been good to be in the house of God today. Woo. But God didn't give healing to that man so he could just walk and not so he could just go into the temple and not just so he could even worship, leap, and praise God. But he did it so others could see where the real source of deliverance is. And what God is doing for you today and has done for you today isn't for you just alone, but it's so he can change this church into a soul-winning station with a mission that's not to enable, but to empower people that are around us. Lord, I thank you again for the power and the Holy Ghost today. I thank you for these precious people that are here today. God, even though I have not named every one of these guests, you know who they are, and I am so thankful, Lord, for them. And I'm thankful, God, for what you have done today in strengthening, Lord, in cleansing and purifying minds, in restoring, oh, Lord, spirits, and restoring, oh, God, to them, Lord, the thoughts they need, and helping them, oh, God, in their walk with you. I thank you again for the power of the word. Thank you for our time of worship we had this morning. And, God, I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for our time of prayer. And I thank you, Lord, for our time of praise to the King of glory. God, lead us as we go from this house. Empower us, God, on a mission, Lord, to lead others, God, to you. And help people to arise, God, to follow and find you, God. In the name of Jesus, we give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Church, we have an outstanding church with outstanding people. These young ministers on this platform, I have so much confidence in them. I have such a high level of appreciation for them. I just thank God for they are here. 
I've been trying to somehow mentor them. We used to have classes called MIT Ministers in Training, but we had to stop because of the virus. I've been working with them. But I don't want them to be the only ones. I want God to use every single person in this house for his glory and for his honor. I know you said I've kept you for a long time today, and I apologize if you have felt like that, but I really feel like God did something today. I won't tell the church you, you won't see me online and, and in service for a little while. I'm, I'm going to have to take just a little bit of a break because of my health, for health reasons. Just going to have to step back, and uh, I've got to do that. I have no choice, but it's not because I don't care, and it's not because I don't love you, and I want you to think bad because I'm not there. Those that I am, you're texting me and calling me and giving me updates, and I'm helping you with things. I want you to still call me. I want you to text me because I want you to know I'm still there. So if you need me, I've got a phone and you know my number and you can get a hold of me. And, uh, but in the same thing, you got a God. I don't want people to become dependent on a man. I don't want this church built on Daryl Sparks because someday I won't stand in this pulpit. Somebody else will. I want this church built on God. So it don't matter who stands in this pulpit you're always going to live for God and not be an enabler, one an enabler on the outside. You're going to be the person on the inside always. We need God to give you strength because we all need strength because your pastor can't carry it by himself. I'm going to have to have you. So that means you're going to have to focus on what has to be done right. And then I would ask one little favor. If you could just say a prayer for your pastor and his wife, you know, for next few days, every day. Just take a moment and pray. I'd appreciate it because I really need somebody to give this old guy some strength too. It's a battle. Now, some of you have no idea what it's like to pastor through a pandemic. And I have a man who pastored for 50 years. I talked on the phone, said he's done. He's retiring. And I think he's already quit now. Retiring because he cannot handle the pressure. Never been through anything like it. So this pandemic has hurt you but it's really worked on this poor guy here. And I'm a workaholic, and that's a fault of mine. And my family has told me that as they talked to me the other night. <laughs> and I work 50 to 60 hours a week on this church all during this time. It's kind of wore this guy out. And so I'm on, it's not I don't love you. I'm trying to, my kids kind of alluded to the fact I need to be a little more open. I'm a very private guy. And when I have problems, lots of you, when I had my tumor, nobody in the church even knew I had that tumor until it was the week I was going in to have brain surgery. Then I finally told the church, I got a tumor that I probably need to have prayed about. So that's the kind of person, not because I'm not that, but I'm bulletproof and, and bulletproof and invisible, and I have a male ego. None of the other guys have male egos, but that, so I don't need anybody. I can do this. I'm being honest. Some of the wives are saying, amen. I know I deal with that spirit right there all the time. I hope I haven't given you too much information, but I wanted to tell you the night, so I'm going to be gone for a little while, not because I don't love you, but if I don't, I will be gone for a long time. So I better take a little while. So God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you for coming to the house of God. We'll be online on Wednesday, the Lord willing. We love you guys. God bless you very, very much. Love you very, very much. And it's so great to have all of our guests with us. I am so glad you are 